Hello, I'm Brendan Francis Noonan. And I'm Rico Galliano, and we have spent this entire week working in lovely Austin, Texas. That's right. We and a bazillion other people who have jobs that don't require them to cut their hair. It was at least a bazillion. That's right. Came down to participate in one of America's premier culture festivals, South by Southwest. And it was not free. Nope. The registration, equipment. Bail money. Bail money. None of that was free. For that, we get help from listeners like you. Look, we don't ask for money all the time, but we will be for the next few weeks. So please contribute what you can so we can keep doing cool stuff like staying awake for four days in a Courtyard Marriott in Austin making a radio show. Yes. (laughs) Thanks for that, I think. Uh, Head to dinnerpartydownload.org and click on the Contribute button. Thank you. And now, here's your icebreaker. Knock, knock. Who's there? Panther. Panther who? Panther, no panther. I'm going swimming. I'm Rico Galliano. I'm Brendan Francis Noonan, and from American Public Media, this is the Dinner Party Download. Our icebreaker this week came from Chaz Bundick of the band Toro Imwa. One of the myriad bands that have descended like skinny-jeaned locusts here at the South by Southwest Festival in Austin, Texas. That is right. This is the Dinner Party Download's first class trip. It's kind of like second class. Yes. Looking at our hotel room. <laughs> Absolutely, out by the airport. Yeah. We've been in Austin all week to bring you an all-Texas episode. An episode that's American by birth and Texan by the grace of, well, APM and people like you. Who foot the bill, yes. Coming up, Willie Nelson, Texas Barroom Justice, What's Next After Tex-Mex, Fightin' Words, and Yuck. That's a buzz band down here, not an exclamation. But first, time for small talk, Texas style, which means big talk. <laughs> All week long in South By, we've been hearing this. Free beer, get your cold free beer. Let's form a line. Let's go back and form yeah, a line. Man. This is another new song. Okay, this show is at capacity. I've been waiting for an hour. And now for some actual news. We <laughs> turn to Jake Silverstein, the editor of Texas Monthly. Jake, what story are you going to be talking about this weekend? Well, the Amarillo uh, mayor's race is probably the most interesting mayor's race in the history of that city or maybe even any city in Texas. What everybody's heard about is that there's a transgender woman on the ballot whose name previously was Fred Dunaway and is now Sandra Dunn. Okay. She was denied the chance to run under her new name, and so she has to be F.E. Sandra Dunn Dunaway on the ballot. For legal reasons or something? Well, it's the state law that you have to use your given name, and if you want to use what the state considers a nickname, it has to be in quotes and parentheses on the ballot. It has to be one word because you can't have a space or a hyphen. So her name is Sandra Dunn all run together like a Twitter handle. (laughs) (laughs) That could be good. Sure, she's going to get the youth vote. But it gets a lot weirder than that because one of the people she's running against is the pastor uh, who tried to burn a Koran on 9-11. Oh, wow. Those guys. There's also nine other people running including a guy who said, I'm not a politician, and if if any of you call me a politician, I will break your knees. (laughs) (laughs) And ultimately, all the election commission cares about is that you don't use a hyphen. Exactly. (laughs) In Amarillo, literally anything is possible. Keep Austin Weird has nothing on Amarillo. I mean, really, it doesn't. Jake, thanks for the small talk. Absolutely. And now, time for cocktails. Once again, we tell you something that happened this week in history, then give you a fitting drink to serve along with it. It's like history's the Alamo, but you can't quite remember it because you've had a little too much booze. (laughs) It doesn't take much to forget the Alamo, it turns out. First, the history. This week back in 1903, right here in Texas, the most unlikely judge in history died. Now, most folks at your dinner party won't have heard of him. Michelle Phillippe's here to tell the rest of us his tale. Judge Roy Bean did not have a typical legal background. 
He spent his youth running around Mexico and California, wooing ladies, fighting in bars, and shooting people in duels. He had scars on his neck from the time some guys tried to hang him. So it's not surprising he ended up at age 57 running a saloon in the Texas town of Vinegaroon. A tent city named after an insect, Vinegaroon crawled with crime but the nearest courtroom was hundreds of miles away. Texas Rangers decided the town needed a justice of the peace, and they appointed Bean. Judge Bean held court at his bar, basing his decisions on an out-of-date Texas law book and his own idea of justice. He'd order the guilty to buy a round of drinks for his regulars. Or once, when a dead body was found with 40 bucks and a gun in his pocket, Bean covered the burial costs by fining the corpse 40 bucks for carrying a concealed weapon. Those rulings made Bean famous and actually kind of respected. He held his post for most of two decades and died in his courthouse saloon. A sign outside proclaimed him the law west of the Picos. So that was the history. Now for the drink to serve with it. I am talking to Adam Bryan. He is bar manager at Bar Congress right here in Austin, Texas. Brian, you heard the history. What drink does it inspire you to make? We're going to go ahead and make the fighting words, loosely based on an old classic cocktail, The Last Word, for old Judge Bean. He had a history of dueling and seemed to fare pretty well on them, so he, a challenge was all right with Bean. All right, let's see it made. All right, so a little one ounce of true blue corn whiskey. That's, that's from Waco, Texas. We squeeze our uh, lemon juice here, fresh. That includes some maraschino, a, a very popular uh, ingredient at the time. All right. Yellow chartreuse gives a herbal kind of spicy flavor to the whole thing. And you're adding ice. Really, you're going to water down a drink for Judge Roy Bean? <laughs> this might be a uh, drink Bean would use to woo the ladies. <laughs> he had a pretty good hand in that. Four children, I believe. I think Judge Bean might break the stem off this glass and go ahead and shoot it back. All right, let me give this a sip. Oh, very nice. I've, by the way, it, it occurred to me bartenders sort of have to know how to lay down the law. Have you had, you know, to maybe adjudicate a conflict? Uh, we, we held trials here every night, I believe. There are some win, some lose, but uh, the bartender's always right. So, Brendan, I know Bean's methods seem kind of outdated. Yeah. But I still bet in parts of the country, if a judge made decisions like that, people would think it was pretty cool. I can tell you, I'd be more on top of my parking tickets if I had to go to bar court to pay them. <laughs> that's... I think that's 100% true. Ladies and gentlemen, file your appeals to us via our website. It's dinnerpartydownload.org. Our guest of honor this week is Willie Nelson. I don't really think he needs an introduction. So we're doing a, a whole Texas show this week because of South by Southwest. Right. When I was doing some research on you, it says that you retired from music and moved to Austin around 1971. Is that true? Well, I didn't retire, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I was. That was my follow-up question. <laughs> no, I left Nashville and moved back to Texas because, well, Texas was really where I was doing most of my work. So, uh, it was just a matter of uh, geography. When you hear the word Texas, like what is the con? Like when you when you hear that word, what's the first thing that kind of pops in your head? Well, I always smile, you know. I always smile. It's because we're talking about my home. You know, you have, you've become, I think it's safe to say, an American treasure. 
I'm wondering, do you have any insight? Why do people like Willie Nelson so much? I don't know. You know, uh, I'm not that great at anything. You know, I sing, <laughs> sing pretty good, write, pick a little bit. and uh, I mean, it could be songs like Crazy, You're Always on My Mind, the classics you've written over the years. Well, sure. I, I'm, you know, crazy, for, uh, for sure, has, has a lot to do with my career. Patsy Cline recorded that many years ago. Her recording of that, uh, Farron Young's recording of Hello Walls, uh, Roy Orbison's recording of Pretty Paper, Ray Price recorded Nightlife. So I kind of got off the ground pretty good back in those days. Do you do you miss any of those folks? All those people you mentioned, they're all they've all gone away. Oh, I miss them all. Ray Price is still here, though. I talk to him all the time. Oh, sorry, Ray Price. <laughs> 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 I'll, I won't tell him what you said. All right, th thank you. I read that all the way back in high school, when you, you played with the Bohemian Fiddlers, which I believe was your, your sister's husband's band. Uh, yeah, a, a Bohemian polka band. Uh, it was a polka band? Well, we played a lot of polkas because we grew up in a polka area down there, and uh, polkas and waltzes and that kind of music was very popular. You had your own fan club in high school. I did. There was a few gals there that I ran around with and knew that started a fan club, and we were all very young, but, and it was very flattering to have a fan club at that age, and uh, yeah. naturally I thought I was pretty hot. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're also like kind of a football star and a sports star in your high school, right? Well, think about Abbott. It was a small school, so... Uh, if you came out, you got to play. You know, you know. I, <laughs> it, it didn't matter if you wanted to play basketball, football, baseball, run track. All you had to do was show up, and they put you on the team because there wasn't that many players. <laughs> You're destroying the myth, Willie. You're too self-deprecating. <laughs> well, look, we have two standard questions that we ask uh, each of our guests on our show. All right. And the first question is: What question are you tired of being asked in interviews? None. Uh, you know, I don't, <laughs> you know, I have such a short-term memory, I forget what you asked me, so it, <laughs> it all sounds new to me all the time. Well, that, then, that, that's easy for us. All right, well, here, our second question then might yeah. be easier. Tell us something we don't know, something we don't know either about you or about the world. Well, I don't know how well folks remember Floyd Tillman. Do you remember hmm. that name? No, I don't. Tell me. Floyd Tillman wrote a lot of great standards like I love you so much it hurts slipping around uh, and those were kind of songs that I grew up singing this cold cold war with you one of my favorite all-time songs I think I probably recorded it eight or ten times just because I love to sing it you know I just realized that asking you to tell me something you know we don't know because of your short-term memory I mean you probably <laughs> think you think we don't know anything <laughs> well I forgot what I've already told you so you <laughs> we'll have to play this back sometime <laughs> so Brendan, I should point out to our listeners, on the way in to record at the studios here at KUT in Austin, there's uh -huh. a plaque on the wall commemorating Willie Nelson <laughs> playing the first Austin City Limits in this building we're sitting in. That's right. I, we, we saw that, and I actually asked him about that. Really? And would you believe me if I told you he didn't remember it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally serious. Folks, we've made it easy to remember our Facebook address, facebook.com slash dinnerpartydownload. I just can't stand another cold, cold war with you. 
So we've met our guest of honor. Now it's time for the main course, the part of the show where we talk about food. So Brendan, it's not as celebrated as San Francisco or Portland, perhaps, but Austin has become one of the country's great towns for fine, locally sourced food. They locally is- source it, and then they salt it, pepper it, <laughs> and smoke it for hours upon hours. <laughs> it's true. There is a lot of excellent barbecue. And but most of it's in my stomach right now. That is <laughs> disturbing. But there's a lot more going on here. One of the best chefs in town is named Bryce Gilmore. He grew up here. His dad was a chef, too. And his eagerly anticipated gastropub Barley Swine just opened. So the other day I headed over there and asked him if he remembered fine dining from the Austin of his youth. Not really. Um, <laughs> I think uh, Austin really has been a, a Tex-Mex town, you know. We, you know, you still see the Tex-Mex style restaurants, but... Oh, yes, you do. More, more, more so um, other stuff, and I think people realize Austin's very open-minded, and you can do something different here, and it can succeed. Not only with all of the trailers that are opening up here, but, like, restaurants are, are popping up all over the place. By the way, to, to interject, yeah. trailers are sort of the Austin version of the food truck explosion that we've seen everywhere, but yeah. here it's Airstream trailers, basically, yeah. like, serving this yeah. awesome food. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, you know, people will buy an old trailer and, and fix it up and do something really unique with it. I mean, there's like 1,500 trailers around here or something like that. It's, it's insane. They have little trailer parks that serve food. A different kind of trailer park than Texas is used to. And every, exactly. And everybody, there's a trailer for every type of cuisine, and uh, some of it's actually really, really good food. The food that you're serving here, is it, I mean, how much does that Tex-Mex thing inform your food here? Yeah, I mean, I, I grew up around, like my, my father did a lot of southwestern cuisine, you know, very Mexican-inspired, but my menu, you might see... A little bit of like chilies here and there, but I really don't, I wouldn't say it's anything close to being Tex-Mex. What does your dad say to that? Is he like, you've abandoned, I brought you up wrong? It's funny, like a lot of people will ask me, why, why don't you work for your dad? Why are you doing your own thing? Like, well, I mean, you know, I do, I love the flavors of Tex-Mex, but I just, I wanted to do something different. Speaking of which, I understand you have some stuff that you want us to eat for free. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, thanks for coming. Um, sure, yeah, I'll start getting some stuff going for you. Yeah. All right, so what do we have here? Smoked trout and potato stuffed uh, agnolotti pasta that we make ourselves with a soft scrambled egg. kind of creates a sauce for it. We do a, a nice chicory salad as well. That kind of should help balance out the, the richness of the, the egg and the pasta. I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> All right, here we go. Oh, man. It's really, really good, and it's also a lot more complex than it looks on the plate. Like, it's really, it's, it's pretty, but it looks more like a salad, and right. then you bite into it, and it's just completely rich. Yeah. Just because it's not Tex-Mex doesn't mean it, it also is not hearty fare. It is hearty, yeah. You're not pussyfooting around here. <laughs> no, we, we, we try not to pussyfoot too much. <laughs> All of this said, what Tex-Mex food could you not live without? I can't imagine that you grew up with it and, like, just have right. shut it out of your life. I always really liked taquitos, like flautas. Anything stuffed inside of a corn tortilla and fried, I mean, that's really hard to beat. And it just goes to show you can grow up eating like something stuffed into a fried corn tortilla. And then here comes the stuffed trout ravioli. Yeah. Maybe next I'll do a uh, smoked trout flauta. That'll be the next one. So Rico, I was thinking, if you stuff the flautas with little Agnoletti pasta dumplings, yeah. you would like have a blowgun of rich food that you could <laughs> aim directly at your heart. It's like the ultimate Texan dish. It's rich food that is also a gun. That's, that's right. You do not need a permit. Perfect. <laughs> 
that's the very special Rootin' Tootin' 48-ounce all-you-can-eat Texas-themed dinner party download this week, folks. Very special thanks to Jackson Musker, Charlton Thorpe, Linda Fenton, Steve Terzo, Rachel Dennis, Hawk Mendenhall, Michelle C.A. The engineers at KUT, the folks at the Courtyard Marriott for tolerating our 2 a.m. microwavable chimichanga parties <laughs> that consisted of us two. I don't know if my stomach tolerated that. Everyone at South by Southwest and the nice people who welcomed us in Texas. And now we leave you with one for the road of hundreds for the road that we've heard all week long. Then this is a song you can listen to on your way to or returning from this weekend's dinner party. The band is called Yuck. They're from England, but they were embraced by the crowd here at Austin this week. This is their song, Georgia. Bon appetit, y'all. Hey, this is Jackson, the coordinating producer for the Dinner Party Download, and this is normally the place where Brendan and Rico come back and tell you something funny and reintroduce themselves and, and sign off, but, well, I, I honestly can't find them right now. Uh, last night we went to this uh, crazy Red Bull filter, Vice, Force Field, Pepsi Max, Urban Outfitters, Thrillist, Brooklyn Vegan Party, and, well, I saw Rico shouting at Duran Duran about how their music was ancient history with booze. And then, and then Brendan was being chased by two chefs in a pedicab after he slashed the tires of their dessert food truck. And anyway, since Willie Nelson forgot we interviewed him, I'm going to do it again for kicks. <laughs>